Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner here on a very eventful, a very news-filled Tuesday edition of the show. We're going to have combine thoughts. Jamie was there, saw a lot of these skill players, a lot of these offensive players that you might want to have circled for your dynasty leagues, for your you know your redraft leagues, guys that you're circling. Jamie's going to have insight on some of the guys that he saw there. Uh, we've also got... And, Listen, this is a high-wire act we run here when we record shows on days in which there's a deadline. But the franchise tag deadline is today. We know some of the players that are going to get tagged or or are on the, the cusp of getting tagged if a long-term deal doesn't get worked out. Looking at you, Chris Godwin. So we will get to all of that here on the show. But before that, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds from sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Now, Jamie, I-, I will leave it up to you where we start the show here today. Do you want to talk about the combine first and then franchise tag second, or do you want to try to get to some of this franchise tag news first? And then we'll go to combine second. Totally up to you. Let's talk combine stuff first. Just to give us a little bit more time as we get <laughs> in closer to the franchise deadline where, where every tight end on planet Earth is getting tagged. Yeah. No no tight ends available in the free agent market, uh, it, it appears. Good for your so. Jets. Good for the Jets. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's let's start. Um, and I'd love your thoughts because I've had this conversation with Kyle and Joe a little bit over the last two days on Draft Dudes, but I haven't been able to really nail down your thoughts on this. There's a lot that's being made of the track, the conditions there in Indy for the 40 times that we saw from a lot of these players. So for you, when you're evaluating this, this is another data point for you in trying to figure out where you're going to put these rookies. Obviously, you don't know where they're going to play next season. But what do you make of all this? What do you make of all this drama of, oh, we're, we're changing the times, we're, we're adding some time, you know, some, some seconds to these guys' times? What do you make of all of this stuff that has happened post-combine? Look, the, the reality is this is... The combine is a very inexact science in general um, because there's there's no way to keep true consistency year over year. The field conditions in Indianapolis are always going to be different. Now, they're not always going to have new turf like they did this year, which was the NFL teams believe contributed um, at least, you know, was it, was it half a hundredth of a second kind of uh, to some of these times is what they wanted to add uh, between that and, and six tenths. So, it is what it is. It becomes more difficult when we try to compare it to com- uh, to players past and combines past. Doesn't really make any difficult make it more difficult for this year's class in the in the sense of everybody was on the same playing surface, quite literally. Um, but look, it is what it is. I mean, it's some teams play on better turf than others, and I think this has been an issue that a lot of teams have had to deal with, whether in years past of going from Indy to well, you just got a new stadium in LA last or a couple years ago, or you have. The field that gets chewed up uh, after college football season at Heinz Field because Pitt plays on that field the day before. So 
the reality is, is there's always inexact conditions that go into all of this. And I understand that a big part of the combine is, is comparing this year's class and this year's group to other other groups. But I, I think this is being made a bigger deal than others. I also believe that if they didn't so royally F up all of the second wide receiver groups times on the first night, that this would not be a talking point. Yeah, that, that was another takeaway that I had from everything that we saw was that there were just so many corrections that were being made. And I don't have analytical data to prove this, but it felt like they were the unofficial times were so wrong this year compared to years past that we had never seen anything like that, where whatever was going on wasn't necessarily working. Um, okay. Any specific players you want to talk about here under that umbrella of guys that tested well, guys that impressed you from a wide receiver, a running back standpoint, quarterbacks, all of the offensive players that we would talk about here on this show? Yeah, because interesting because a lot of the defensive players got a ton of attention, and rightly so. Uh, but there were some interesting numbers, I, I, I think, from the wide receiver standpoint. I think the biggest one that stood out to me was Garrett Wilson being as fast as he was. Oof, and boy, you know, is he, he is somebody that... Yeah, he was. And he's somebody and being faster than Chris Olave, which was not something I think any of us would have bet on. At least not, none of us here at TDN would have bet on uh, going into Indianapolis. I, I think that was one of the biggest knocks that they that was being levied against Garrett Wilson was was some of his straight line speed and, and his ability to kind of take a top off if asked to do that. That's not going to be his calling card. It's not where he's going to win more often than not. But the fact that he does have that kind of speed is extremely intriguing to me. Uh, he was the one I think did the most when it comes to that for me. Well, it's interesting because when we talk about the wide receiver position, we have had this rotating, revolving door of wide receiver ones, of who is going to be that top receiver that comes off the board from a draft perspective, not from a fantasy perspective, talking about you know, Traylon Burks going as high as 10 or Garrett Wilson's going to be wide receiver one. And there was a the period of time where Chris Olave was wide receiver one. So we've had this rotating door of who's going to be the first receiver off the board come April. And now I think Garrett Wilson running as fast as he did has kind of muddied the waters in a good way where I think it's left it up for yes. interpretation depending on who you are, what you need. It could be Jamison Williams. It could be it could be Garrett Wilson. It could be Chris Olave. It could be Traylon Burks. I mean, I think you could go four or five names deep. Drake London's a name that I didn't even mention. I mean, these are guys where I could see any one of those guys being the first receiver off the board, and I could point to a very valid reason as to why they are the first receiver off the board. And we you know we read the promo earlier, but a good friends over at, at Bet Online, you know, they have this bet available right now. If you want to bet on the first wide receiver to come off the board, uh, it shifted a bunch. It opened with Garrett Wilson as the odds-on favorite. As of right this very second, Drake London is the odds-on favorite at minus one thirty. Garrett Wilson number two, Traylon Burks third, Jamison Williams fourth, Chris Olave fifth. But to me, I came out of Indianapolis saying I, I think there is less clarity on wide receiver one than there has been at any other point in this process. And there hasn't sure. been a lot of clarity, but to me, and by the way, I don't think Traylon Burks had a bad combine. I think that narrative got, I think people had, exp well, we've talked about this at TDN, both <laughs> at Draft Dudes and here. People had unrealistic expectations for Traylon Burks that he was never going to likely live up to and are now disappointed because of their own unrealistic expectations. I thought he was perfectly fine. They had a perfectly fine combine. Wasn't great. Didn't knock it out of the park, but... To me, I think everybody was looking for Traylon Burks to emerge as the clear-cut, no-doubt wide receiver one, first receiver off the board. And he didn't do that, so he disappointed people. But I still think he's got a decent chance to come off the board there in the teens. Uh, to me, the, the only guy that really disappointed me, and there's some other names I want to get to in a second that are a little bit further down the board that are probably not first-rounders, but are probably second-rounders. 
David Bell uh, did not test well anywhere. Uh, really kind of struggled there. And, and he was a guy that's kind of been locked into that first 10 picks of round two, first oh, 15 no. picks of round there's two. There's a new We've name going a lot. There. There's a new name. Oh, there's going a new there. name going there if he gets out of the first round. And we'll talk about him in a second. But uh, didn't do anything himself to solidify that he deserves to be in that spot. Drake London obviously didn't test. He's going to have his own personal pro day uh, a little bit later on. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But Chris, you've already kind of teased it. There's, there is, there are two players really at the wide receiver position that stood out, but there is one that just absolutely. I mean, if you want to use the phrase "won the combine," this dude won the combine. You know, you know me. We talk, we talk draft a lot, obviously, for what we do. I have a few draft crushes every year. There's just a couple of guys that I just love. On the defensive side of the ball, Sauce Gardner's my guy. That's just my dude. Like, I want him on the Jets. I No matter where he goes, I'm going to root for him because he's a good dude. I, I Just a good player. Just one of my draft crushes. I think the guy we're going to talk about, I'm putting atop the list of my offensive draft crushes. Because this guy's awesome. I will let you, because you were there. You got eyes on him. I will let you take it away. But this guy is becoming that 1A crush for me in this year's draft class. Yeah, look, there, there is nobody that had a better combine. And I, by the way, I'm going to include Jordan Davis in this. There is nobody that had a better combine than Christian Watson. Oh, so he's, oh, uh, he's unreal. So we had heard rumors about, you know, we've watched him a little bit throughout the year. You know, he's a guy that Ryan Fowler here at TDN has been a big fan of for several months now. We got some really good intel from Jim Nagy and company at around the Senior Bowl, just going into it and then getting the chance to watch him there. And then he comes to the combine and tests like Calvin Johnson. Like it, it was out of this world. And, Look, he's a guy that was in our update, our pre-combine update at the end of January, was number 61 on our board. He will not be at number 61 no, on our board no. when we do these updates. And 45 player for sure. A little sneak peek. We did a, uh, we did a little uh, TDN mock draft at the very end uh, of the combine, which will be available uh, at some point. Uh, I don't have the details on that right now, but we're I working on this. it. I can, I can, I can confirm it is in progress. It's being worked on. Chris is is one of the guys that is is heavily working on it as the as the master. Uh, but I will not say where he goes. I will not say by whom. But a little teaser for those of you that are here listening to the TF Fantasy Podcast: Christian Watson goes in round one, and I think it's. Very realistic that he does go in the back part of round one in the real life draft as well. I would not be surprised. In the, in the spot where everybody has like Jahan Dotson and Chris Olave and some of these other George Pickens for some in some cases, in, in those kind of spots there in the mid to late 20s, uh, I think Christian Watson is absolutely in that conversation. And Jamie, I think this is a year one fantasy player. And again, I I, I caution I, I caution against this because when we look at first round receivers from the last two draft classes, the bar is set so high, right, over some of the big names. I don't think Christian Watson is Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. No, no, no. I, I don't. There's think he's not one of those Jefferson. I don't. I don't think he is that in year one. Do I think he's a top forty five wide receiver in fantasy next year? Absolutely. I don't think there's a question about it. I think you're looking at a top 36 wide receiver. I mean, I think you're talking about a, a wide receiver three flex consideration on a weekly basis. I really do. There are two things that, that I look at here. One, obviously, his athletic scores are out of this freaking world. Two, he might land in a really good spot. That's like, the other if, thing, if too, right? Like, yeah. 
this back end of round one and then the very top of round two, the back end of round one gives you a better offenses to go into, but the very top of round two gives you better opportunities when you're talking about maybe the Lions taking them or the Jets taking them or the Bears taking them. But you get the back part where you have maybe the Packers, hopefully with Aaron Rodgers in this case, if, if that's the case. You've got Kansas City. You've got some of these other really strong offenses that are down there, and it gets to be really, really interesting with him. And that's what really excites me the most. And and I think the other part, too, you have to remember here, how healthy is Drake London going to be for year one? We're not talking dynasty. We're talking year one production value. How healthy is Drake London going to be? How healthy is George Pickens going to be? How many games is Jamison Williams going to play? Right. Like, these are all kind of factors you have to consider in a redraft or a best ball right now format where you have to kind of make these picks for just this coming year. I, I mean, Christian Watson, I... I I would not be surprised if he's a top 50 wide receiver. I really wouldn't be. Yeah, I, I'm i all in on, on the way he played at the Senior Bowl in total the whole week. You could just tell. Uh, and then to, to, to back it up with another good week in Indy. Um, obviously, there are going to be pro days in the pre-draft process in terms of interviews and stuff. And those are things we're not going to be privy to, at least from an interview perspective. But I, I think this guy can can find a role, uh, specifically if he gets to one of those teams you're talking about. And and Jamie, just, just to play devil's advocate just for a second, if he goes to one of the teams you're talking about, the Lions, the Bears, the Jets, there's going to be opportunities on those teams, right? Those teams are going to well, That's what I'm saying. You know, so that's what I'm the saying. Like, worst case scenario, if he's not on a good team where they're going to be winning and being in these games every week, there's going to be an opportunity for him either way. So I don't really know if there's a quote unquote bad spot for him. Maybe if he goes to like a, a team that's very Cleveland run heavy. Philly. And, and, like yeah, for yeah. year one, like, like, and that's what I mean. Like, where I'm talking about, like, they're different in the sense of like Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers' assumption, Kansas City. Like, those are teams that you're going to have a high volume, good offense. But on the other side, again, opportunity and talent. We've talked about this on the show all the time. Those are going to give them the opportunity to be in a better offense, but some of the, the Detroit, Chicago, uh, New York Jets of the world will give them more opportunity to have a lot of success. So either one of those is a good spot for me. But yeah, to, to me, I, I'm scared of Browns at 13, um, you know, Eagles at, any, at 15, 16, 19. Like those are the ones that scare me for year one wide receiver value. Can we but, talk... Another name I want to talk about, Chris. Sorry to cut you off there. No, please. But we got to talk about Sky Moore a little bit as well. Okay, that's massive fair. catcher's mitts for hands. That's fair. Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about hand size for Kenny Pickett this entire run. Uh, apparently, Sky Moore's got Venus flytraps attached to the end of each arm. And he's another guy that I think is going to be a uh, like a second round, late second round type of a, a player in the real life draft that will integrate himself fairly well into an offense, can do a lot of different things. Uh, I don't want to call anybody the – I would say he would be the Amon Ross St. Brown prior to the actual like freaking crazy breakout where he's a guy that you want on your bench, can kind of jump into the flex territory in the right matchup here and there, could get a lot of work, wins in a lot of areas. Uh, I was really impressed with him as well. Can we talk to running backs real quick? We can. Can we talk about my guy Kenneth Walker? Yeah, ran a lot faster than I thought. To be that's a fast number uh, for Kenneth Walker. Four three eight. That's a good number. Yeah, it is. And look, the reality is, and, and if we want to talk about year one fantasy value with Walker, I, I still feel the same as I did before in the sense of this is probably from a first and second down perspective, the best running back in this class coming out right away. My concerns are going to be is how is he going to get on the field for third downs? Uh, he's been very apathetic in pass protection. He's not a good pass catcher. I still have concerns that of like he has to go to the right situation. Like to me, sticking him in a place like Miami, 
gets really intriguing. Miles Gaston come on the field for third downs, but they're going to run the ball fairly heavily, like Mike McDaniel's wide zone system. Like there, there are spots where I like him. My concern is going to be there's also a scenario where if he goes to a certain team and it might take him a little bit to get on the field mm-hmm. because he can't get on the field in those specialty situations where you see a lot of rookies start to get involved early on. That would be my only concern with him for year one value. But if he takes the pro coaching, if he learn again, you can learn how to be better in pass protection. Like you can as a runner, that that you, that could be that's a learn and an effort trait. So he can get better there. As a pass catcher, he's got a long way to go. He's got to put in a lot of work there. But if he's just got to be, he's just got to be reliable at least in one of those two elements on third down. Because right now we can't do either one, and that's that scares me. But he had a really good comp, Brian. Uh, as did uh, a guy that I know TDN's been more critical on than anybody else. Yeah. That's Weiss Hall, who really tested out of the gym. I still have some concerns about him. I got to I actually had a nice little chance to watch uh, watch film with Joe Marino and Keith Sanchez with Brees Hall. Um, excuse me, not with Brees Hall, but about Brees Hall while we were there. Uh, and there's still there's still a lot of concerns that we have about him long term in terms of uh, I should say concerns concerns based on where he is being talked about right now as this like elite top of the running back class type of guy. He's definitely going to come up in our rankings. I do expect him to, to push to be a TDN 100 guy in the updated post combine TDN 100, but tested out of his mind. I just this is this is one of those ones where again. You don't want to change your film grades too dramatically just based on the combine because what you saw on tape is still what you saw on tape. But it's hard to ask for a, a better performance out of anybody there. And the other name that was just bad was Kyron Williams. Uh, and I think that was incredibly dis- – like he weighed in less than what a lot of people expected. He did not run a good time. Uh, that was one of the guys I kind of liked because I thought he could be – you know, a really good come out come out in the field on third downs, be a good pass catcher. And again, he still can do that role, but it's starting to feel like Kyron Williams might be more of a true specialized back long term and not just a specialized back in year one. Any other combine thoughts before we turn the page here? You know, I'm, I'm looking through a couple of these names here to kind of see um, any n- nobody here for year one. I do think long term Pierre Strong Jr. intrigues me. Uh, he's a kind of a, a fun little piece at running back. Don't think he's going to make much of a year one impact for wide receivers. I'm trying I got to think a if guy. there's any other. I got a guy. You have a guy, and it's a guy that we talked about. Uh, uh, we've we talked a lot about inside the TDN circles at the Senior Bowl because it's a guy that, based on his size, you don't know where he's going to fit or what he's going to be asked to do. But he's just so fast, and he runs routes so Nealus? well. Calvin Austin. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting one too. Yeah, he didn't really I, I, pop as much there, but he was good. Like he was just solid. But he was like he really popped at the Senior Bowl, and I thought he was just did what he needed to do with the and, combine. But, but that's important. Interesting name like, as well. It, but that's important. Yeah, right. It, it it it's not that you have to test out of the gym like like um, Brees Hall did or exceed expectations if you go there and, and do basically what everyone expects you to do that's a win for you in this process and oh absolutely again, i absolutely. think for calvin austin is not a year one fantasy fit by the way i'm just making that very clear but i think it's a guy that depending on the situation that he goes into can be really useful and i want to see how that role kind of evolves so he's a name that i, w- I would throw out there uh Vail jones is a good one too though that that's another guy that fits that yeah kind he's of, an interesting name uh I, i'm not on any of these tight ends for year one to be perfectly honest with you so they were fine Jelani Woods like the, 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 the tight end that won. Yeah, Jelani Woods is the tight end that won, but I'm not taking Jelani Woods in year one. But Dynasty, I'm intrigued. I'm not going to lie. Sure. I'm really intrigued by him. But year one, I don't really want to hitch my wagon to any of these tight ends. 
All right, let's switch gears here to the franchise tag. And the deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern time today. We are recording this show, and I have to do math here. It is Five 11. Hours. It is 11 Eastern time right now as we are recording uh, this show. And so apologies if we miss a name or if something happens between when we record and when this gets posted. But as we are doing this, Jamie, Mike Giusecki is getting franchise tagged by the Dolphins. Dave, um, David Njoku is getting franchise tagged by the Browns. So those are two pass catchers that are off the board. Chris Godwin is going to either get tagged with the Bucks or come to an agreement yeah. with a long-term deal with the Bucks. So he is back in Tampa Bay. And I'm trying to think if there's any other... Dalton Schultz is getting franchise tagged by the Dalton Cowboys. That's tagged. an important one to, to put out there. Um, the ones we are waiting on as we sit here, Devontae Adams... And Mike Williams, I think, are the two big ones for what yes. we do here on this and possibly, show. And possibly Terod Armstead. So we'll, we'll see possibly. what happens in that front. But yeah, so Godwin, Orlando Brown, Jesse Bates, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, Mike Giusecki. Those are the six names that have been tagged as of this recording. And I think it's interesting because the other the other piece of news that we haven't had a chance to get to since we last talked was the, the Amari Cooper stuff. And that is the... We'll see what happens with the Cowboys, but the the sense now is with them tagging Dalton Schultz and them attempting to re-sign Michael Gallup that to you a, can't to a, do that and have to a big Cooper money deal. Like I think it's important yes. to know they are they're going to go long term with Schultz and knock down his cap number, but he's still going to get probably ten. But he's going to be there. This is this guarantees he's staying in Dallas, right? Which and was Gallup, not, we weren't sure before. Gallup, they're going to pay. They know they got to pay CD Lamb in a couple years. Amari Cooper is kind of left without a dance partner. He's left without without a without a seat. Um, and they yes. they are apparently just going to cut him before. I think it's the third day of the league year is when his twenty million dollars. Yeah, whatever is his, guaranteed. his I think it's like nineteen million dollars in guarantee. His money guarantees. So, uh, and it doesn't seem like anybody wants to trade for give up assets and take on that contract. So there'll be a lot of suitors for him once he gets cut. But right now, it, it, that'll be interesting, and we'll break all of that down. But Dalton Schultz coming off the best fantasy season that he's ever had, clearly. Um, and look, that's tight end for the Dallas Cowboys has been extremely productive uh, in, in recent years. Going back to Jason Witten, what we thought we were going to get from Blake Jarwin, who also, by the way, is now his season's in doubt, which is the other piece of news that came out this last week because of some complications that he has medically. So it, it's just... To me, I, I think the biggest piece of news here of all the guys, of particularly all the offensive guys that got franchise tagged is, is Dalton Schultz staying. I think we all – the Chris Godwin one's interesting because who's throwing him the ball? And, and we talked about this a lot last week uh, and two weeks ago. Even we have a bet we, on this, heck, actually. When we were all the way back before. We have a bet on this I, now. I, I like – there, there's there's parts you like him staying in the offense, you like him staying there, but he's clearly taking a downgrade at quarterback. But he was also very productive with Jameis Winston in that final year with Jameis too. So it's not like he's now doomed. Like all of his production wasn't – he was an ascending player before Tom Brady got there. So it's not like he's Tom Brady dependent, but that becomes interesting. Dalton Schultz just continued to have, you know, top half of the, the tight end territory value. And Joku, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. Like I, I, I believe in – I like the talent. He's obviously a physical specimen as a player. Got to see him up close at the senior bowl when he was coming out. Baker Mayfield loves throwing the tight ends in the red zone. And right now, Cleveland's pass-catching options are, are barren, especially if they decide to move on from Jarvis Landry. So he's intriguing, but now we've also found out today that they're going to keep Austin Hooper. So I, I'm not ready to look at David Njoku as a legitimate fantasy option right now with Hooper staying in and Baker as quarterback. So 
I know he's getting franchised and they want to keep him long term, but like I'm out on him. And, and Jacecki was the one that I wouldn't say surprised me because Mike McDaniel was basically talking at the senior bowl, uh, excuse me, at the combine as if like Jacecki was already on the roster. Like he was still under contract the way he was talking about him. So not shocked that they tagged him there. Again, up or down a little bit. It's going to be in that low end tight end one, high end tight end two territory. But for me, the biggest news was I think this is the best spot for Schultz to be in because it's odds are he wasn't going to go to a better offense that was going to target him more. And now he's going to go to an offense that's going to probably not have Amari Cooper and not have Blake Jarwin. So, like, that's actually a big win for Dalton Schultz offseason value. But everything else so far has been very realistic. But if for some reason, if some crazy way that Devontae Adams does not get tagged today, which I would be, my jaw would hit the floor if that didn't happen. Uh, that would be the only one that I think I would truly be like unbelievably stunned. Yeah, and I think in in terms of talking about free agency, which is technically just a week away from when teams can you know legally tamper and, and start to negotiate contracts with guys, a lot of the offensive skill players that we thought might be out there are are, are now not going to hit free agency, and we've gotten that confirmation. By the way, does not affect what we talk about here on this show, but I do think it's very interesting here, Jamie, that uh, Jacecki's reps might try to fight the tight end designation on him. And a lot of people are pointing out some of the numbers. And they numbers. should. Well, Cooper Cup had more reps in the slot this year than Giusecki did. And somebody did a breakdown of where Giusecki was used the most this year. And they probably have a case. Again, doesn't impact if they franchise tag him. He's going to be back on the Dolphins for next season. But I do think that's an interesting little piece of information there is that they might try to fight the tight end designation. On that note, before we go, because he has a better case than Jimmy Graham did when Jimmy Graham tried to fight this for sure, a number of years. For sure. Because Jimmy Graham lined up as an as a traditional tight end far more often than Mike Jacecki did. What I do think is going to happen, though, teams are allowed to negotiate a number higher than the actual franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So I could see them trying to meet him somewhere in the middle here uh, above it, or they could just come up with a long-term deal. But I could see them trying to meet him in the middle on this franchise tag number, but just like you should absolutely fight it. And if he loses, there's no hope for any other tight end. I mean, because he, he barely plays tight end from, from a traditional standpoint, from an actual lineup standpoint, he barely plays the position. So I, I, I'm, this will be really intriguing and, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, that's it. I think because no one else has been, um, been franchise tag while we've been sitting here. So we will allow the rest of it to play out again. For for you know notes purposes, really the only players we're keeping an eye on at this point are Devontae Adams and Mike Williams from an offensive perspective for what we do here on the show. Um, you know those are the two, and I, I, I the expectation is that Devontae Adams is going to get franchise tagged uh, by the Green Bay Packers, and I think once that happens, that should give you all the information you need to know about what what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Uh, for next season, but we will keep an eye on it. Uh, Jamie, we're back next week. Uh, a lot of free agency stuff for us to get into because now we're going to start to see where some of these pieces fall and you know some of the questions that you had lingering after your mock draft, we're going to have answers to. And maybe we can kind of go back and see what kind of adjustments you want to make to your personal big board uh, for the 2022 fantasy season as we learn some of this information next week. Absolutely. And we'll already be... I mean, what? We'll be, ne- we'll be like at least ankle deep into the legal tampering period by the time we record again. So we're gonna have we're gonna have some deals. We're gonna have yeah. some wink wink nudge nudge unofficial official deals to break down. And I'm I'm the NFL keeps rolling, man. Just keeps on rolling. I'm I'm excited to see where everybody lands. Uh, so the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy table is where you can find all of the fantasy content, all of the free agency content you're gonna be able to see at the draftnetwork.com. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? 
follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at T-D-N Fantasy. That is going to do it for us this week. Franchise Tech deadline, 4 p.m. today. We're back next week. Free agency frenzy all week long. We will have it for you here on the show. Everyone have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.